America. My name is I'm Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday, but today I'm doing a special Sunday mid-morning show because I saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness yesterday, or I split it up into a few days, and it actually has one very important lesson about critical race theory that you need to understand, and it's because it shows how Wanda, the the antagonist could not be stopped by anything else except by an exposition of the truth of herself to her children right so the movie runs that wanda um the scarlet witch wants to live the suburban life with her family and she can only do that by like destroying a universe by sucking the power away from this little brown girl and um, so that then she can go inhabit an alternate universe and live with the family that she thinks she's owed. Now, she could always go to an adoption agency. She's an adventure. I'm sure her paperwork would sail right through. But no, she wants a very specific kind of family. Um, and she can only get that by sucking the power away from this little brown girl and possibly throwing an entire universe into peril. That is the story. And so Dr. Strange is there to stop her to, or to try to stop her. And at first she tries to do it, but you know, she just kind of tries to abscond with the girls quietly. And then she tries to take her by force and there's pretty much no stopping her. Um, uh, you know, Dr. Strange colonizes all of like these dead spirits to try to uh, stop her, but there is no stopping her because she wants what she wants and nobody can tell her that she shouldn't have the suburban lifestyle that she so richly desires. Um, and so she's willing to, and she's willing to do what it takes to get it. That's how deep her entitlement goes and her power is, you know, almost unlimited and she's willing and she's think she has a normative authority to do that and you know if she's got to break a few eggs that's what she's gonna do right and the only thing that stops her actually nothing external to her stops her she stops herself but the only thing that gets her to stop herself when she sees her vision is untenable because she must expose herself who she is and what she's willing to do to her children who are then disgusted and horrified by who this person is right and until that exposition, she is uh, pretty much unstoppable and very, very dangerous, right? So the only way to stop her is to show her in all of her ugliness to her children who she needs to love her. And that's the one thing where Force can't do this. And that's one thing that like with superhero movies in general, but... Um, you know, stories, you got to find the one thing the hero can't do. And it's always hard with Superman and all of these, like, you know, superpower villains. You got to find the thing that they can't do. And they can't make other people love them. This is the thing with billionaires, too. This is the one thing you can't buy. You can't really buy the earnest affection of other people. And if you can't, and if you're not really actually liked by other people, you're not free yourself because you don't know who you are and you can't actually live in yourself because living in yourself means living in relationships with other free people. But if other people are determined by your, um, if other people are determined by, you know, your money or your power, then 
your relationships with them aren't ever free. You don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. Um, you don't know who you are because you don't know who they are relative to you. You can never know because the money or the power determines, overdetermines everything. This is why billionaires have a hard time maintaining friends and all that stuff. And so, because everything is overdetermined by their, by their money. Um, and relationships and all that stuff because everything's overdetermined by their money. Am I really funny? Is my secretary just laughing at me because, um, you know, I pay her salary? By the way, I am free, which means I'm not overdetermined by anybody's money, which means my money's always a little bit jeopardized, which means that if you like anything I'm saying, you should go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5, 15 or $50. A month and so let's talk about wanda maximoff a little bit she can't be free she can't be in her loving relationship unless her children honestly love her and her children won't honestly love her unless they do not know who she really is and so her whole game runs on plausible deniability that she's not a monster so as soon as you take away that plausible deniability that she's not a monster um then like she can't have the relationship she aspires and everything has to change everything has to change Right? And so that's kind of white America, right? White America can't run without plausible deniability about what it is. This is why people like Rick DeSantis go through so much like theater about trying to put pro-patriotic, which means that like historically blind education about what America is in front of Americans because America runs and is functional as a white supremacist society or as an anti-black society on not on plausible deniability about like the standing internal colony that is so many black zip codes and the the degradation that is heaped upon um you know our community for the sake of the american way of life right so if you take away that plausible deniability, America has a hard time functioning as is, and it's going to have to change. And that was Wanda's problem. If you, Once you take away her plausible deniability, once you expose her for who she is in front of her children, she cannot get that relationship with her children. <laughs> because it'll always be determined by how she's a monster, not like her, their, their true love for her, whatever, as, as a mother, right? So Wanda's awful, but she wanted what she wanted. She wanted the suburban uh family life of a stay-at-home mom she wanted the stay-at-home mom suburban family life and was willing to do anything to sustain it and could only be exposed when it was clear how much degradation and slaughter and violence was required for her to get that life right as long as she could deny and not just exposed in general, exposed to the audience, right? So nobody, the whites don't care what I think about them. They care about what their children think about them, right? That's how the game has to be um, reproduced. So if you actually tell their children the truth, it screws up the game. Because you have to understand that the logic of reproduction is built into the standing ideology as it is. So it's not just that you have to wait 30, generation, uh, 30 years until their children become older. No. You wake up their children now, it screws up the game now because part of the game now is the reproduction in the children, right? So you screw, if you screw up the reproductive apparatus, you don't just screw up the next generation, you screw up the current generation because the current gener part of the logic of the current generation is the reproductive apparatus. Now, if that doesn't make sense, go back and 
watch the video or you know watch the last two minutes of this video a few times and it'll start to make sense part of the logic of the being of the thing is the reproduction of the being of the thing and if you screw up the reproduction of the being of the thing you're actually screwing up the being of the thing right now and so if you actually expose the whites in front of their children, you're screwing up white supremacy right now, not just, you know, making more woke children. And that, that is the backlash um, that accounts for the parental backlash against critical race theory because it screws up the plausible deniability that the way of life that the parents are trying to transmit to their children is consistent with, you know, goodness and justice. Right. Um, so that is the, the backlash. And that's actually very important because that's the only fight. That's the only fight because that ends up what you saw was a self immolation of, of Wanda at the end, because, you know, in her life, she, if she couldn't live her life, she didn't want to live at all. Uh, that needs to be a personification of white supremacy. If you can't live on its terms, it, it, it's gotta, it's gotta go away. Um, but it can't happen externally. Well, externally, you could push it to embarrass itself in front of itself. Now, this is why shame is so important. But shame doesn't work unless the oppressor cares about who it's shamed from. And this is, this is why like, it's important um, that we understand it as a family game. And to, to kind of make white supremacy implode, you have to implode the white family. Right? Because if the white family is on code with each other, then they don't care who they're embarrassed outside of their family. Just like, you know, the Trump family doesn't really care if, you know, other non-Trumps laugh at them. They're like, well, all the Trumps like each other and we're rich, so we're fine, right? So you have to, if you really want to make it implode, if you really want to actually lead to progress, and this is kind of what the logic of civil rights, except... This is the logic of civil rights, except not family, but in civil society and the logic of nonviolence in general is that shame matters, but you need the right apparatus for shame and you need the right audience for shame, right? So white people are not going to be shamed by what I say. They'll be shamed by the truth exposed to their children and, have to, and having to account to their children. And that's when things get, things get um, dicey. So, you know, the project, if you're actually serious about racial justice, is actually getting white people to expose themselves to their children um, the and get rid of the plausible deniability. And that's why some things like critical race theory are so important, because it gets rid of the plausible deniability that is part of the logic of the system. Right? Uh, by the way, if you want to read more of this, go ahead. And I think he talks about this in the second chapter of uh, Social Dominance by Jim Sedanius. And Felicia Prato, uh, yeah, I think the plausible deniability goes is is in the second chapter of, of of social dominance. Good book, it's a good book, but you have to understand that in liberal regimes, plausible deniability is is the glue that holds them together. You take away that, then they have to actually confront their injustice. And if they can't and sustain their relationships, and if they can't confront their injustice and sustain their relationships, that means it implodes and it opens up space for a more just uh, conceptions of governance, family, and civil society. Right? So, Wanda Maximoff could 
hurt everybody else openly and brazenly. But she couldn't do that to her family because that would jeopardize the unity of the family relationship. The family would then be alienated and other than her. And if they, and if they were controlled by her, they wouldn't really be her family in that way. So they need to be free in loving her, but they can't be free in loving her once they find out she's a monster. So the whole job and the only way this stops and why Dr. Strange said like, like, I think he like, like, Wanda had to terrify her child, her children, had to be the, the full monster in front of her children. And there's a scene in the movie where Dr. Strange, where I think the girl is trying to stop Wanda from being a full monster in front of her children. Dr. Strange's like, no, let it go. Let it play out. You got to let it play out. And this is what we try to, you know, we always try to save white women from being monsters in public. And we just got to let it play out because they're awful. And unless, and as long as the, the plausible deniability of their awfulness is retained, they'll continue being awful. And, you know, low-key, the most regressive um, demographic in the nation. We have the politics and the problems we have because this is the problems and the politics like white women want. The things that white women aren't animated about don't make it into the news. They're the biggest voting demographic on both sides of the aisle. So... What makes it into the news is the things they care about and um, and they're willing to fight each other about. So that's where we are. If you take anything from this video, get rid of the plausible deniability that white people have about themselves. Their idea about benign neglect of the internal colony that their own activities are actively reproducing. Right? You know, I'm reading this book by Gary Peller on race consciousness and you know the some of the virtues of black nationalism but people i guess I'll, I'll do a different video on the book because it's actually a nice book because people think of black nationalism and white nationalism as the same thing but black nationalism is a variety of self-defense whereas white nationalism is colonialism and that's that's completely different you live in a black nationalist state if the united states becomes a black nationalist state like like we don't actually like white people do fine. They just have to live as equals, <laughs> like in sharing power with with um, as much as they can, as long as much as they're disposed to with black people. But so um, you know, there's a kind of a, a integration that's assimilation that's just a function of white colonialism. And, uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm pro-integration, but I always tell people, I just, I'm pro-integration, but I don't integrate on my knees. And that's what, um, that's a quality of integration that America needs from black people, I'm, but that's not going to be me. I don't integrate on my knees, and I don't expect you to integrate on your knees. And to do that, we got to change the whites, because that's the only way they know how to deal with not having as much power in the suburban you know, lifestyle to which they've become accustomed. Wanda wanted to be like a regular white woman and it exposed the violence that, uh, you know, that class of people is willing to put other people through in order to sustain the quality of family that they have as long as they're not embarrassed in front of their family to such a way. So you got to take away the plausible deniability. That's the way you get to justice. That's the lesson of Gandhi. That's the lesson of the civil rights movement or the nonviolent aspect of the civil rights movement. And honestly, that's a lesson of Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Uh, um, yeah. Thank you very much.
and and it's also important that the audience has to be right. Remember, they don't care what we think of them. They care about what their own children think of them. So you have to go after their children. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you on Thursday. Bye.